Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church in Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. Our Sunday worship is on site and online at 9.30 a.m. And you can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Don brings us a sermon titled Two-Faced for Palm Sunday. Scripture is read by Pastor Don, and it comes from Matthew 21, 1 through 11. Our scripture today that you might have guessed is this version. All four Gospels have this story. Here's Matthew's. And when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, uh, the Lord needs them and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. Tell the daughter of Zion, no. Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them and he sat on them. A very large cloud spread their uh, cloaks on the road and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When they entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus uh, from Nazareth in Galilee. Janus is the Greek god of two faces, looking each way. You often find uh, statues or pictures of Janus over doorways since we come and we go. We've got this two-faced doubling thing going on. The past and the present. Janus is always a god I think of on Palm Sunday uh, when we have this two-edged piece. Uh, when we're celebrating Jesus, when we're being this crowd, waving our initial pom-poms, as the young girl said, uh, and within a few days, we'll change from Hosanna to crucify him. Uh, we're a fickle, two-faced bunch, and always have been. I get it. I get it. Boy, years back, it's been 20 years ago, uh, maybe even 30, on our little Presbyterian planning calendars that they give you when you're a pastor, and you can look and say, what's the text for today? And what's the color for the pyramids and this kind of... Uh, they changed it from Palm Sunday to Palm slash Passion Sunday. Recognizing that for so many of us, we come to celebrate on Palm Sunday and it's good music and we love the kids and it's a good upbeat celebratory message. And then the next thing we would in worship is we come and say, yay, he's raised. And we miss a kind of integral part of the story, arguably the central event of human history. And so uh, today uh, we have a two-faced sermon, the two-faced worship. Monday, Thursday starts in about 15 minutes after I finish my comments and we share communion. Uh, then the choir is going to take into a cantata 
uh, something that you'll hear echoes of Monday, Thursday, along with a bunch of other uh, special music, by the way. Come on Thursday for an interactive retelling of the story that you'll help with and for some devotional time and music, a very brief commentary, and then some other music uh, that the choir and a number of others will be providing as we seek to tell the full story looks both ways. And here we are today, uh, both celebrating what we knew. It's, uh, yes, this is who we expected. No, this isn't who we want. Yay, God's in my life. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Um, here's where Matthew is borrowing. He's got Mark in front of me. Here's the Mark text, because this doubling is unintentionally humorous. In case you missed it, Here's the text from Mark, the original gospel. They went and found the colt and brought it to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. So far, so good. I recognize this story. Many people spread their cloaks. Here's Matthew's version. See if you can hear the difference. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. <laughs> what? Excuse me, Matthew. Are you really asking me to imagine someone riding two vehicles at once? <laughs> How tall was Jesus? How long were his legs? Uh, very large clouds spread their cloaks on the road. Others, the branches, we get this part. Hosanna to the son of David. Mark is actually quoting from the prophet Zephaniah. That's what's being reenacted in the Gospels, all four Gospels, but only Matthew gets it wrong. <laughs> Tell the daughter of Zion, Zephaniah, look, your king is coming to you. Humble, that's the point. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, all right? Zephaniah is describing one creature, four legs. <laughs> two ways of thinking about it. Uh, two weeks back, I was with uh, a bunch of Catholic friends, new friends, Benedictine monks, and then 30 of us on retreat together, 28 of whom were Catholics. One was a Lutheran woman, and then when, when that came out late Saturday night, as a, it was because... Uh, where's Dave? It's because I was reading scripture and they said, you sound like you've read scripture before. At that point, I figured the gig was up. It would be rude of me to say anything other than, yeah, I'm a Presbyterian pastor. Um, we were learning about the Psalms for the weekend. Even when we were in silence, uh, we had some content of an hour or so when this professor from University of Oregon was talking poetry uh, with us. And that in the Old Testament especially, there's not a lot that rhymes. We miss this entirely, translating Hebrew to English, of course, but if you learn the Hebrew, the Hebrew, you do get some great rhymes, a few in the prophets, when they're making a point of being incredibly clever, and it's often very biting, two words that sound similar that are worlds apart. But that's not terribly common. What's really common in the Old Testament, and actually why we often find the Old Testament so boring to read, uh, is because doubling was their preference for poetry for saying one thing in a certain way and then saying it again in just a little different way, for making your point with certain words and then using parallel words to make a little different issue of the same thing. That's what's going on in Zephaniah. Matthew doesn't get it. I don't know why Matthew misses the point and has this unintentionally comical image of Jesus writing to um, 
We're double-faced this morning. We're stumbling. Hey, uh, if you want to hear more about my glorious, I had a wonderful time with the monks and on retreat, I've made a few videos. Randy Beam, I think I quote you in the first and number A. Uh, if you go on our Vimeo page, a little five-minute videos of what I learned, what we are doing, the sense of the campus in Mount Angel, Oregon. Uh, you get to hear the chimes that are really extraordinary and just my appreciation for being your pastor who you call to continuing education and to experience things uh, in full. And so that's what I got to do where I was two weeks back. Go and check out a video. Lastly, a confession, um, a confession about being of two minds all the time, confession of being duplicitous, of being ambivalent about our tradition. I recognized this in myself as I was walking the campus, as I was sitting in silence, as I was joining in prayers five times a day. Uh, there's two Don Shrums, one is eager to jump in, yay, yay, we're doing this, and the other is saying, why are we doing this? Do you guys do this all the time? Um, in the afternoon, they made allowance for confession. Uh, and they'd been very clear, uh, another story, another time, if you're not Catholic, you may not come to the table. You may come up front and cross your arms and get a blessing. I thought about being very put off by that and not going at all. Then I got over myself and went up and got the blessing. But they were very clear that confession is for everyone. I was nervous about going because I ain't never been. I was nervous because I've seen too many movies and I was expecting <laughs> this. <laughs> you know, like you see the booths and the priests and behind a screen and you walk in and say, bless me, Father, I have sinned. For all I know, they stopped doing that 20 years ago. I didn't know. Uh, and so I, I wasn't going to go because I was feeling uncomfortable. This is my retreat. I should relax. Why should I do any work? Then I thought that's a really bad reason to miss an experience. I've learned to second-guess myself. I've learned that my duplicity should be expected, that I can never get a pure message of, this is all good, I want to do this. I knew I was thinking, I want to go to confession, but who am I going to meet? Does he, I knew it would be a he, obviously, does he really have the power uh, to absolve me of my sin? It's a whole theological issue, right? Isn't that what we do together? So anyway, I shut this whole process down and said, just, just go. It can't. And I was in line, nervous. Is this where we head? It's a little office off to the side, not a booth. And uh, when it became my turn, everyone, five people with me, ten, looking very relaxed like they do this all the time. I didn't have the courage to ask them, so... Tell me, what are we doing again? <laughs> or what do I say when I go in? Um, how bad can it be? So I, walked, uh, I walk in, open the door, and there's the, thrown off instantly. There's the priest, and there's a chair facing the priest. I thought, uh, this is the Catholic Church updating it into a conversational, shared event. Uh, I stumbled a bit just mentally and chose the kneeling bench, because I had just been learning how to use the kneeling benches five times a day, bringing them down, kneeling, and back up. Catholic liturgy is very interactive. Say what we want about the theology. They're way more active than any of us. Knelt at the bench, I'm behind a screen, and said, uh, I'm a retreatant, I'm a Presbyterian pastor, just to put it all out there at once. We had a wonderful conversation. I uh, told him what was burdening me. Uh, 
He reminded me of some words we had heard earlier in the day in a meditation and then said it. I absolve you of your sin. Go in peace. Wow. Beautiful. What a, what a stupid thing to have missed just because I get caught up in my head. One of the reasons I went is because I recognize the Don Shrum who's willing and not. I recognize the double-mindedness about my own faith. Yay, Jesus. Oh, I didn't know you were going to ask that of me. I recognize myself in the crowd. Hosanna, Hosanna. How dare you crucify him? Disappointment with God in my life. Praise and being called uh, to the cross. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you have enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. If you want to know more about New Hope, you can subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, The Midweek Memo, by going to our website and signing up. Friends, may you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and may you go and love your neighbor as yourself. Go in peace.